you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, 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 I'm glad to be back. Yes, and this is episode number 76. We are recording on October 3rd for release on October 4th. Not much going on in Overwatch right now. At all, like barely any news happening, but we do, we, well, since the last show, the new Zarya comic did come out and we're going to talk a little bit about Overwatch League. Um, you know, we're not going to get into stuff like stats and details, but there, there is a topic that we are going to talk about regarding Overwatch League and why it can't fail. But before we do that, I would like to welcome anybody who's listening to the show for the very first time, thank you for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about Overwatch news and competitive esports, but the primary focus of the show is the Overwatch community and the state of the game. If you enjoy the show, you can follow us on Watchpoint Radio on Twitter, so it's twitter.com slash Watchpoint Radio. And you can also uh, connect with us on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons and come and have a conversation with us. Uh, but let's get into the community feedback. And now that we have both Watchmore Radio and Prepare to Attack out, for now we'll be you know putting the community feedback for both shows into this segment uh, because actually, to be honest with you, most of the uh, the community is is, is the same. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get started with uh, Bold Dockside, which well, well we're just gonna get into it. So um, he says, "Great podcast. The length is perfect. Bob and John really know their stuff. It's a nice mix of topics, so it doesn't feel like the show are drug out over one topic. It's a good time and well worth checking out. Ten out of ten would have name pronounced wrong again. Bull docks eyed, and he says that's that because I me. Well, no, that's on both of us because I have said it wrong too. I've said his wrong his name wrong several times because I, I never told thought twice you his about name. it. Uh, true <laughs> that's that is definitely my bad and it's because when i first met him it's a saturday night i was i had probably shouldn't have been playing overwatch but i was destroying it as reaper in season two and he was like you're a dps thing and kill people we should be friends i was <laughs> like all right bull dioxide and so yeah and then i knew the pronounced uh, pronunciation later but i just always did it because i thought it was funny because i said it wrong but i will stop bulldoxide yes uh, i know i have definitely said his name wrong myself so it's the first time that i've said it right so bulldoxide you are forever changed it is a uh <laughs> first step in a fresh relationship for bob <laughs> i don't right, even know it, this guy 
Yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, let's get into uh, some of these prepared to attack reviews. Uh, Big Fish from Overwatch today. He left a review for us. Says you should do. You should only review Diva ever. I want twenty six episodes of How to Play Diva. That is all. Thank you. <laughs> um, so thanks for that, Big Fish. The Syrinx, who's been a long time listener of What Watch One Radio, says. Well, actually, that's how he starts the review. Because I've been a long time listener of these guys at the show Watchpoint Radio, and their content is incredible. They are entertaining and informative. Thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time and checking out Prepare to Attack. I hope, hopefully, I'm been hope I'm hoping that you've been enjoying it. So uh, next time you play on Xbox, definitely let me know. Uh, we got a review from Happy Mail XL saying, "Really great show. Helps a lot with some of the heroes that I don't know as much, and gives a ton of helpful information." We're very happy that you are able to do that because that's exactly why we created the show in the first place. So He's that is happy very that he awesome. Has a meal. Yes, very awesome. And Bob, <laughs> right on time with those bad jokes. <laughs> I know so. who that is, too. Oh, they yeah? told me. But I promised him I would not divulge who he actually was. Oh, he might okay. be one of our coaches. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then also we have a review from Spiffy Panda, who's definitely one of the Wild Wild Boot Camps coaches. He says, I had the pleasure of being featured on the show the uh these guys really get into each hero and ask a bunch of great questions definitely recommend to come tune in and really hone those skills in ow so thanks a lot spiffy for taking the time to write that review yeah yeah he, so he uh we just recorded the widow episode so that was a good time yes and that is actually that's not batch two that is batch three so you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer to get that Maybe we'll see. We we might have to be. We might have to do some switching around. But I don't want to go ahead and start saying things before the time comes. Well, but uh, speaking of which, we had some votes on the different reviews. Do we have anybody that has more than one vote? No, I didn't think we did. But both of the heroes that were voted for, both Soldier seventy six and May, I'm pretty positive both of those heroes are batched too. I can't remember off the top of my head. Junkrat was but, voted for. That's because you voted for Junkrat. My vote counts? No, it yes, doesn't. It does. <laughs> yes, it does. Everybody vote for Junkrat, please. Your, your, your vote would have counted. Your vote counted Leave when we were a organizing it. And vote for Junkrat, please. So, your vote counted when we were organizing this. Oh, That's what your vote counted. Me. Killing me. <laughs> I took the time to leave a review that said Junkrat. You, you, didn't even read to, my, you didn't even read my review. It was a you great just wanted review. To, you just wanted to say first. That's what you wanted. I said That's first, what... I vote Junkrat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great <laughs> review, Bob. Top notch. Hey, man, it was. It, it, we said you could just vote if you wanted to. That's true. We did yeah, make anyway. the <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for everybody who's been supporting Prepared to Attack so far. We were actually pretty surprised by how well it was received. Yeah. And... um we're we're things like you know we're we're glad that people are listening to it and we're glad that it's actually very helpful to the community thus far. That was the whole point. If it wasn't helpful to the community, then there was no point in doing the show in the first place. That's a lot of that's a lot of extra hours we could have been actually playing Overwatch as opposed to not, uh, you know, preparing and, and recording shows. So thank you guys very much once again for checking out Prepare to Attack. Bob, why don't you tell everybody how your week in Overwatch has been? Well, uh, speaking of that, like I've had a lot of people uh, mention to me that they really like the show. A lot of friends, a lot of new people. I went to an 
Omnic Lab gaming night on Saturday night and had a lot of people say that, hey, they just checked out my new show and they really liked it, which was really neat. And I'm just glad everybody's liking it. Everybody seems to want more and they want it fast. So I was told them, it's lucky we have a lot done. So just stay tuned. I think we pushed our, I think we pushed, it was supposed to come out Friday. I think we pushed it to Monday, you said. Yeah, it's gonna be Monday. That that's that was what we were gonna do. Like, so the show came out on a Friday. It came out pretty early. Uh, actually, I I submitted it early because I thought it was gonna take longer for it to get approved, and it got approved really fast. I was like, oh, it's out now. Fine, it's out. It's out on Friday. We're just gonna push it out. The regular releases are supposed to be on Mondays. So, um, unfortunately, I mean, if I could. If if people wanted it that bad, if I could, I'd release the next characters this Friday, and maybe I'll consider that for the next time. Release the characters on a Friday instead of a Monday, and see how that goes. But uh, for uh, with the heroes that we have coming for Batch Two, I cannot release them until Monday. Like we will be finishing up, like I think Sunday night for those characters, and then pushing them out. But the next batch should be ready much earlier. So. Yeah, definitely. A new hero's coming. Like I said, my, the, uh, what was it? The 5th? Is Monday the 5th? No, sorry. Monday's on the 5th. It can't be. Monday's the 9th. So on the 9th, we'll definitely have uh, new characters just in just in time for uh, the Overwatch event or the uh, Halloween Terror event to kick back up. So. But, Bob, your weekend Overwatch still? Or were you sorry. done? <laughs> no. Uh, my weekend Overwatch has been... Kind of small. Uh, this weekend, I had a wedding. I had the Omnic Lab game night, which is always so much fun. I mean, it's crazy because people love game nights. Like the the one that I the one that I did for Watchpoint Radio, we had twenty people show up, and we had to create a second lobby. So that people could play. Same with Omnic Lab. Same with the Calvary. Same with Overplayed. Like people love game nights, and I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's because you're playing with a bunch of friends and it's you know nobody's really like worried about SR. But whatever it is, people love game nights. So there's a game night for the Calvary this uh, this Friday. So. I'm sure there'll be a ton of a ton of people there too. So, but besides that, I really did. I mean, football started back up, so I've been doing that sun on on Sundays, and then uh, I really just haven't had a whole lot of time to play. I've played on my solo guy pretty much this week exclusively, and I'm just sitting right in the mid twenty nine hundreds, winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. But it's, I mean, it's been a good time. I'm excited. Mel, I'm not excited for Mel to go out of town, but she goes out of town tomorrow. So Wednesday, tomorrow night, and Thursday, tomorrow night, I think I'm going to stream. So I'm going to test out my new computer streaming, and I'm just going to play a ton of Overwatch. So if you want to watch me fail or not fail, tune in. All right. Yeah, I've actually, I don't, I haven't, did I, I think I played a little competitive. I moved up about 100 SR. I can't remember if it was this, if that was this week or last week. I haven't really been playing a lot of competitive Overwatch on PC specifically. I actually have been playing with my buddy who is very new to Overwatch. And, you know, I'm using my new Smurf to help level up with him. 
Uh, and the funny thing is, he's had he, he's had Overwatch for over a year, but he doesn't really play it. And he's like, "Well, I don't know how to play." It. I was like, "You don't know how to play because you don't play it." Duh. <laughs> like, the, if you want to learn how to play, you got to play the fucking game. But regardless, uh, so I've been actually playing a lot with him, and I have not been playing competitively. Uh, I did play on Xbox competitively, and oh man, that was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> the, like just the people just the people like i was we i kept getting stuck with this three-man group and this guy would insta-lock mercy and he was terrible at mercy then the other one other person on the team would insta-lock junk rat and he was constantly feeding the zarya you know like it was just bad it was it was bad i'm, I'm not a big fan i actually i'm I, I was thinking about that too i i need to check out the omnic meta reports to look at the trend of Zarya usage since Junkrat got his buffs and everybody's using them. Because I know I've been playing Zarya more frequently because every time I see a Junkrat, she's I'm like, oh, great, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use it. Like, she's not a Junkrat counter, but she can definitely take advantage of j- people spamming Junkrats. You know, Junkrats, you know, uh, grenades and things like that. So I'll, I'll, I think I do need to check out the Omnic meta uh, reports and see if she's also had a boost in usage because of Junkrat. But yeah, I, I just had a te- I just had a terrible time on console when I played it recently, and uh, I don't know. I'll probably I'll probably get back on it so I can reclaim the SR that I lost at least. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, the Zarya thing's weird because before I would have been scared to play Junk into Zarya, but now. I, I mean, honestly, like I watched so much of Contenders and watched every Zarya in Contenders at a constant one hundred per, uh, percent charge, and I was like, you know what? I don't think it matters. Like as long as you focus her down first, still doesn't matter. On a like, professional team, sure. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Everybody says don't feed her, but. Does it really matter if you feed her if you just take her down first? I mean, she still goes down to a junk to a reaper really, really fast. That's assuming because first of all, if if you have Zarya at hundred percent and she can't kill, and, and you're trying to and you're trying to solo her with reaper, she's gonna bake that reaper. She would also bake that junkrat if you're gonna try to solo kill. You'd need at least two people trying to focus her down, maybe even three. So I can see in contenders it not being a huge issue because they're professional teams. They're communicating. When they see Zarya come around that corner glowing, she's top priority. The issue with the rest of the competitive community is that Zarya could be a goddamn Christmas tree and nobody would shoot at her. Like I don't understand the, the mentality of people of, of of these players who you see Zarya and she has these glowing red balls all around her. How is she not a top priority target? And that's the problem. That's the issue with junk. Uh, you know, junk's feeding her because on for the vast majority of competitive play, mo- not everybody is going to recognize that Zarya should be a number one priority. Like Zarya could be at a hundred percent and people will still go after the mercy first. You know, they'll still go after the healers first. You know, they don't consider it a top priority. I just don't get it. So that being the case, uh, 
I think Junkrat's still an issue for the rest of the community. Not saying that he needs to be nerfed because of it, don't get me wrong. But like having a Junkrat on your team that's just spamming grenades. Like so like what one thing that uh, the but, Junkrat I mean, was doing. Go ahead. Well, I mean I'll point out though that even Winston's tickle cannon will put her at the full charge for her bubble. So I mean it doesn't really Stopping shooting her doesn't really change much. She's going to get charged if she gets hit. Like, w- like she uses her personal bubble. Winston tickles her with his cannon, and she gets 40 charge from it. So, Not yeah, that she gets a full 40 charge from, from like, you, you know, Winston one or would two have grenades. To hold, Winston no, would it, have to hold down. Would definitely, have, would yeah. Shoot. She would if she bubbles while Winston is attacking her. When that means that Winston ignored that she bubbled and he got her high. Yes. The, now with now you're talking about a stupid player there. That's an idiot but, that does no, that. But, but what I'm saying is he has no damage, so it takes hardly any any damage to give her that forty. See what I'm saying? It's not that easy to charge Zarya. You're making it sound like it's super easy to get Zarya charged, and it's not. It's pretty um, easy. I will disagree with you full heartedly there. It's but you don't even play Zarya. But you don't. No, play, but you don't. I. Yeah. Well, I have played her quite a bit recently, and uh, just if you on her, if but. if you if you're constantly being charged by Zarya, you have people ignoring the fact that you're putting that they're they're putting bubbles up. Like you're putting a bubble up, and somebody's still shooting you. When you play people who know not to do that, you can keep a Zarya's charge down. You well, you would have to stop shooting immediately. And I mean, even even an Arissa stopping shooting, like right as she sees the bubble, she still has shot enough shots off to give Zarya the forty charge she can get from that one. That one bubble. What I'm saying is, it takes hardly any damage whatsoever to actually do it. That's that's. I mean, that's that's a very specific case. Like Arissa shoots projectiles. Like that's that's kind of the thing with Junkrat, right? Where once he shot the projectile, like when I see, I do it all the time when I, when Junkrats are shooting at me. I'll just walk into the projectile, and right before it blows up, I'll go ahead and I'll bubble, and I'll take the uh, and I'll take the energy from it. But for other characters like Winston, Soldier 76, almost every other character who's not shooting projectiles that they can't control after it's gone, they can definitely reduce how much energy Zarya has by not shooting her. If Azaria is constantly charged and there is no Junkrat, no Pharah around, no Orisa, that's an issue. The team is not the team is not playing her correctly. The team should lose to her at that point. But there's going to be one of those characters. What I'm saying is that worrying about not giving her charge isn't as big as a factor as I initially thought months back. Like like now, I really don't worry about her. And if I'm on Reaper, I mean, she's just a non a non factor unless she has a Reinhardt that she's sticking to or an Arissa that she's sticking to. Like she pretty much goes down pretty quick. Yeah, if she's by herself to certain characters, like that—that's the thing. I mean, she's still. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, we were talking about Junkrat and Reaper. Yeah, we're talking about Junkrat and Reaper, but like, if, like if you want to talk, I mean, about I'm gonna Azaria, run my ass away if I'm fucking soldier. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even a 100 percent, a hundred percent charged Zarya versus a Reaper is still gonna cook that Reaper. She she has yeah. double damage at that point. She is gonna cook that Reaper. I've cooked Reapers at a hundred charge. 
I mean, you barely touch reapers. Like barely touch me. All I know is I'm not the most amazing reaper, and I haven't met a Zarya in comp this season that could take me one on one with 100% charge. I mean, basically, if her shield's down, she's done. I mean, I can take her out in three shots as long as I'm as long as I'm close. So, I mean, it's it's just. But there are other characters like a Genji. I wouldn't even mess with her. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and move because we're gonna be doing this in circles the entire <laughs> night. Uh, let's talk about the Zarya comic that came out last week, which was unique because it was a comic, and we kind of talked about it last week. Uh, it was a comic that picks up right after the the events of the somber cinematic which the yeah like the, the the i was gonna say i was the last cinematic but no they had the main cinematic it's been so long since they had a cinematic i forgot you know that for a second but yeah, yeah somber was, was blizzcon yeah well, somber was blizzcon which is kind of like well, where's the rest of our cinematics because they said season two was starting and we've only gotten one cinematic out of it but that's neither here nor there you know um yeah but she uh it starts immediately after. It starts with her in Volskaya's uh, office. And basically what is about to go down is that Volskaya wants her to uh, to go find Sombra. And at this point, I expect a lot of people have read the comic. So I, I this shouldn't be spoilers to anybody. But uh, along the way, when she's looking for Sombra, she's having a tough time. She gets hooked up with an Omnic. And we know how she feels about Omnics. And uh, now she has to work with said Omnic to track down Sombra. And they managed to actually track down Sombra. Actually, I think there's a couple of cameos in this comic, right? You have, obviously, Zarya. And then you have um, Ify, I think if that's how you say her name, from uh, oh, and, and Orissa there in this comic. I think it's, I think it's Effie. Effie. Yeah, Effie and Orissa are in this comic like for a second. You know, Zarya probably hates her, too. And um, that girl from the from the Soldier seventy six uh, cinematic is in this comic as well, and she kind of tells 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 Zarya where she can find Sombra. Full disclosure: I have not read the comic. <laughs> really? That's great preparation for the show, there, Bob. It's not. It's not because of the show. It's I refuse to read it in play overwatch form and i cannot seem to find it in the animated form still my my comment <laughs> remains i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read it until someone posts that because once you do the the animated one there's no going back like i can't i can't read and i gotta dis i gotta, I gotta disagree manny because uh yeah i've watched the animated ones before and here i am reading the comic <laughs> I, I, I just and everybody talks so much shit on it it just didn't make me really like i was really busy the day that it came out and then i was really busy the next day and then everybody talked shit on it i was like all right i'm just gonna wait for the motion one and then wait. no one's i don't see the motion one any place what do you mean they talk shit on it everybody like uh, everybody that i heard on every podcast on every youtube on every discord everybody said they didn't like it i don't know if it's because of the racism which i would actually call speciesism but everybody seemed to not like it so i just wasn't super pumped to 
check it out. They compared it to the Torbjorn comic where he was very omnicist. Is that a is that a term? I don't think I've heard anybody say that. Omnicist, maybe. <laughs> nope, nope. It's a racist. That's an omnicist. We're just gonna go with that. Well, okay. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're using the term racist wrong in trying to apply it to this situation. Well, everyone has has applied it to racism, and I'm like, well, it's not the same race. So No, no, I think you're missing what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like she doesn't like Omnics because well, they destroyed her 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 home. She, that's why she doesn't like Omnics. It's pretty understandable why and she's i don't want to say she's living in the past but you know your home gets destroyed uh due to these machines it's kind of hard to let that go kind of hard to let that go but um and it's not like she heard you know just got destroyed and they moved on she's been she's been living on the front lines like through that entire conflict you know so it's a little different for her but yeah so she doesn't like omnics and so that's why i don't like it like that's kind of a dumb reason if you ask me, to, to be to be perfectly honest, like I don't, maybe I'm just somebody's not, maybe you're just not explaining it well enough, Bob. But it seems like a dumb reason to not like the comic. Like, oh the, no, the, I didn't say I haven't read the comic. I didn't say I, I know you. Like ha- I didn't. I know you didn't say you didn't like I said it. I'm, other I'm talking about. Didn't yeah, like I'm, I'm talking about other people here that other people didn't like it because of how she talked about the Omnics. I mean, it should have been no surprise. She has those voice lines in the game. Any place she is where there's Omnex, if she if you go to Nepal, you know, I don't like this place. Uh if you go to um not I, I was gonna say I can but it's not I can but it's um then she talks about shit on Zen too. Yeah, Numbani, like it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, like you know, she says, I'm watching you, Omnic, and Zoom Zing, I was like, I have your back too. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like, <laughs> I you love know. you, Zaria. Yeah, but like she's definitely like it I thought it was pretty Interesting the way they did it because, you know, she meets the Omnic and she's basically, she's upset that he is an Omnic. And then she kind of explains, like, I've killed many Omnics. And later on in the comic, he's like, well, I'm pretty pissed off that you've killed many Omnics. But at the same time, I'm sorry for your loss. Right. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And it's probably the thing about this comic is I think it's kind of shows her. I don't want to say it shows her coming around, but it shows her that her thinking may end up changing, right? Like she saved the Omnic at the end of the comic. When Sombra was going to go ahead and blow up the facility, she could have just left the guy there. Which has been a trope used in so many movies and so many different things where the guy's a racist and then he learns the air of his ways because he meets this cool guy that, you know, it's the same trope. Well, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not expecting Overwatch to break new ground here. So, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the 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 comic itself is. I I I I'm just trying to process people not liking the comic because Zarya doesn't like Omnix. Like it's uh, it's my guess on that is honestly I don't even know if they didn't like it. I just think it's uh fashionable to be against racism that's just my guess so everybody's like i didn't like this well, i don't okay. know yeah i may be I calling them out but i don't i that's just my guess yeah i mean it seems like a, a pretty a pretty dumb reason like in it, it, it's not 
it's not the same thing as racism. Uh, I guess we're gonna be not, not even, even close. close. Like, because you know, racism is basically you think that uh, you know you you have certain stereotypes of a race of somebody based off of their race, or you think that your race is superior simply because of your race. This is not the case with Zarya. Like the Omnics were created by humans, uh, became sentient, waged war against humans. Her, like her, and other frontline towns caught the brunt of that, and you expect them to be like okay with that? I mean, who yep. you, you think Roadhog likes Omnics? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, if, like, like if they wanted to compare it to something, they should have compared it to bigotry. Is that the word I'm looking for? Not or even. I don't even. Th- just, I don't even know if you can co- con- consider it bigotry, right? Because um, that's another thing. Like people not liking homosexuals because they're homosexual, right? Not because those homosexuals burned down their hometown. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little different. Omnics didn't do that. You you see what I'm saying? But I, it's it's just hate for something else different from you. But it's definitely right. not racism because. Racism is the same people, the same species, the same everything. It's just a different. Uh, yeah, we probably shouldn't get into this because it'll just annoy probably you and I. No, it's just like, yeah, I mean, well, it's not like we're not on the same page here. But oh, yeah, yeah for sure. It just annoys us talking about the other people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not the best comic they did. I mean, the best comic they did was the Doomfist one. That is the absolute best comic that they that, put that out. That was an amazing one, yeah. It yeah. was really good. In motion or non-motion, it was the best comic that they put out. Oh, well, no, I only uh, saw it in motion. You only saw it in motion? See, Bob, Bob is a motionist. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate you, you non-motion comics. I did those all my life growing up. I don't want them anymore. <laughs> I was going to say. read it on you, a damn. P- if you want to print a freaking comic, I will read that. If I'm going to watch it on the fucking PC, I'm going to have it in motion. I was going to say you can't put an ist on anything and just de- describe it as something hateful. <laughs> but I actually think motionist would have actually fit what we were talking about there. So I would have been wrong anyway. <laughs> Uh, but back to the Zarya comic, it, I mean, it did reveal uh, some information. Well, first of all, let me get back to my point about the whole purpose of the comic, I think, and that it's kind of showing Zarya's train of thought, you know, changing, right? She wasn't going to save the, like, she hated Omics, but yet she saved the Omic. Not to mention, now she knows that the only reason why Voskaya is able to make those machines, or the latest version of those machines, are because of technologies that the Omnic gave Volskaya, right? This changes her perception. It changes her world. And we don't know how it's going to affect her yet. Unfortunately for us, the readers of the comics and the consumers of the Overwatch lore, they don't do follow-ups. Like this is like this is the first, this is the closest thing to a follow-up we have. Where we saw Zarya go into the Volskaya industries, uh, into Volskaya's office at the end of the Samra. Sombra cinematic. And this is the follow-up to that. But there's not going to be any follow-up with this. Like, will there be different voice lines? Maybe, but there's no huge announcement made when they make voice line changes, right? Yeah. Will we see a Zarya cinematic because of it? Who knows? Like, it, the the cinematics are so... You don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get something from the Overwatch past? Are you going to get something from the Overwatch present or the future? Like, you don't know. I, I, I think the Overwatch lore is really good but man like they if they wanted to 
do something great for the community, they should have a some type of um schedule or plan when it came to Overwatch lore. Like we want pieces of lore coming out every week, every month, whatever. They could do a monthly comic book if they wanted to, just to kind of ex- ex- you know, just not describe but just to kind of uh expand on the lore. Well, I'm still holding out from my cartoon. God damn it, Bob. I still want my cartoon, man. I mean, Cartoons tell me it wouldn't dead. be successful. No, no, huh? It would it, be successful. It would be, and it could probably bring more kids in, too. I don't want more kids in Overwatch. I'm sorry, Bob. You want Overwatch <laughs> to do well, right? Oh, Overwatch is doing well. <laughs> that's that's kind of want Overwatch to continue doing well. We have to bring in new people. You will bring in new people, but they don't need to be squeakers. Okay, well... And we, we, I, half the reason we made prepared to attack was for those poor squeakers that were scared to get into competitive. Prepared to attack has in no... fact a squeaker gave you the idea for prepared to attack. Well, first of all, let me correct you. They didn't give me the idea. Them complaining about how hard Overwatch was is what made me think about sorry, a way sorry, to get yeah. them to shut up. Inspired the idea. Yeah. My bad. Bad but, choice of words. Yeah, but they the. The thing about it is, like, a cartoon, <laughs> first of all, isn't necessarily going to be for children, especially when you have something of, the, of this subject matter. They don't make cartoons like that anymore. They don't make G.I. Joes and shit like that. For, all the cartoons now are soft. <laughs> you got to take just one second to look at the chat. Just go ahead and look at it. Gabius said something. Gave me a skit out of my chat, dude. We are the no, I'm world. joking. Don't leave. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> we are the future. Please stop, Bob. We are <laughs> the ones to make a brighter day. Sorry. I'll Thank st- you. I'll st- uh, but there was a good song. Come on. Yeah, in the 80s or 90s. When did it's that come still out? a good remember. song. How long has it been since you listened to it? It's so good. Uh, I, I haven't listened to it since I was a child. So Neither had I until last year. You should try it. How about I don't? You would not you believe how many enough. stars are in that, too. No, I know how many stars oh are in that. Oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> that was good. the whole point of it. Anyway, we're moving off topic, Bob. <laughs> um, the Zarya comic, I, uh, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I think um, it definitely wasn't one of their worst ones. The Torbjorn one was definitely way worse than this. The Torbjorn one really felt like there was no purpose to it besides Torbjorn discovering an Omnic that wasn't bad in his opinion, right? He discovered that Bastion... You know, it was the comic with a soul or whatever. It, that was the, the whole purpose of that comic. This one was definitely like you got more information and it, it kind of cha- uh, transformed Zarya. You actually found out what Sombra's real name is. Uh, so Which that was cool. Oh, yeah. What I guess I did see. I did read a little bit of it. That's like toward the end of the comic. If you got all the way to where her name is, please flip the last I page so memes, you can read the rest man, of the I comic. I saw memes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Either way, uh, I when it comes to Overwatch lore, I just want there to be some consistency here. I want to know that once a month or once every two months, you know, I'm gonna. There's, it's not always a surprise that we're gonna get lore. Like we want to know about this world of of Overwatch, and I don't know. I think the 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 chopping up of this lore really started when they canceled the was it the first strike? What was it called? I think it was called First Strike. The the com- not the comic but the graphic novel they were gonna put out you know actually I don't remember that uh, that might have been before I was really paying attention to the comics 
No, that they announced first strike before the game even re- uh, released. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't, I caught up in the comics after like the first three. Okay, I mean, I I can't remember. Like they released a couple of comics yeah. like pretty I mean, close together. To it's be, a graphic novel though, but go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, to be quite honest, like I've never been into lore ever. Like World of Warcraft played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of that. Didn't give one flying shit about lore. Skipped like even got a mod to skip the quest the the quest text so it would just instantly go and I could click past it. Never still don't know any lore from it. Overwatch is the first game in a long time where I've actually played it, then six months after starting was enticed to look into the lore. Didn't watch any of the shorts till about six months into the game, like did not care. Overwatch has actually enticed me because it's so interest it's so interesting and it's so positive towards the world and you know, make the world a better place. And it's I mean it's the first game in a long time, as far as multiplayer, that I've really cared at all about the lore. Like, I mean, Witcher 3 and stuff like that, Skyrim, like, I kind of care about it. You know, I'm not going to skip the cut scene, but this is the first one in a long time. So I did not hear anything about that at all. Uh, well, yeah, so that was what they, they canceled it, I think, like a month or two after the game officially released. I guess they couldn't really come to an agreement of the, in the direction they want to go. Like they've really just, they really just, they, they need to, to figure out how they want to handle this. And I, I think I was just extra disappointed because I'm they're like, okay, season two of the cinematics is going to start. I'm like, okay, fine. We're going to get more lore that way. And then the only thing we got was May. And it was a May cinematic that might have been done as early as February, because that's like, it was like January ish is when it leaked. That the, the a, next cinematic is going to be May. It was a good cinematic, though, man. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good, but I would be happy if they had, I don't know, one or two more. Yeah, well, I mean, I I mean, I mean, think they'll come. I mean, how long ago was it? It was only like four weeks ago. Is that right? Um. Well, yeah. Well, they're going to have another cinematic probably for BlizzCon, but then when's the next one after that? Like, it's kind of like we're, we're kind of backed up here. You want to keep people engaged in Overwatch? Since I'm going to BlizzCon, I'm hoping there's going to be like five at BlizzCon. Cinematics? Hey, man, I can hope for whatever the fuck I want, man. Don't don't rain on my parade here. It's my first you are BlizzCon. really reaching, but okay, Bob. Don't want to rain on my parade. It's what I do, man. I reach. All right. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not hope? Why not think big? Uh, as long he- as I don't expect it, then I'm then I mean, it doesn't hurt anything to hope big. It doesn't, I guess, as long as you don't, uh, you know, as long as you can, you just you, your, your, your disappointment is a bed of pillows, like, you know, you're just <laughs> mad you at my positivity, because even if it doesn't happen, it'll be like, dude, it was so good. That one cinematic was so good. It was worth all, I mean, it was like five, you know? Yeah, no, we're going to have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what that's we're going to disagree. I was just trying to mess with you, Oh, yeah. So, I know you're not uh, feeling good, so I figured it's the best time, right? Yeah, I saw I saw Gabus is um he he messaged again. He said Jesus Wild Lore sucks. I have a po- I have two podcast hosts that would totally disagree with you on that. <laughs> Ooh, on the Torn and the Goblin, they talk Wild Lore all the time. Actually, I got to be honest with you, and we're gonna get back to Overwatch here in two seconds. But 
I I played Warcraft briefly, like in vanilla. Like I never, I didn't even make it to Burning Crusade, and the lore coming from the original Warcraft games, or let's say Warcraft two and three, going into World of Warcraft, I enjoyed it so much. I really enjoyed it to the point that when I saw what they were doing with the WoW lore, I was getting angry at how they were bringing certain characters back or how they were, you know, uh, treating certain characters in the lore. I was getting a little pissed. I'm like, I don't even play the game and it's making me angry. So (laughs) that's interesting because I loved the lore in Warcraft one and two, but it was because I paid attention to it because it was a single player game. Right. Two and three. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I loved that, but for some reason, there's something about a multiplayer game where I can't see myself as the hero. I can't see myself as involved in the story. There's a ton of other fucking people here. Like, I just want to play the game. So Single player actually, game, I could get into that shit. I'd be like, I am the Witcher. The, here's I actually fear into the hearts of men. Here's, um, I guess here, here's where Overwatch can maybe take a page from Warcraft, right? Because the, the lore that you get in Warcraft, right? If you take that by itself, in World of Warcraft, if you take that by itself, I think I can totally see that not being enthralling, especially since the big lore pieces really only happen in certain parts of the game. But with World of Warcraft, to my knowledge, you know, you have the lore in the game. Then you have these audio dramas that they do. Then you also have the books and stuff that they do. And when you put all that together, it's actually really really cool i mean to the point that i don't play world of warcraft like i just said but when i edit torn the goblin i edit it at normal speed not double speed so i can actually listen to what they're saying <laughs> like, well, it's actually pretty cool and i will say i quit in cataclysm which was right after wrath of the lich king and wrath of the lich king was when they started introducing those little cut scenes in quest lines problem was is i was just so fucking behind already i was like i don't understand what's going on Mm. but they were pretty cool like and so i i assume that they kept those going i didn't play long into cataclysm uh but i assume they kept those going and i assume those are probably still pretty good and i think i actually heard something on lagging balls about the new storylines being really good and nobody wanted spoilers so they probably are pretty good Right. Well, one thing I would love to see, right? So we're kind of... Overwatch has an event like, what, every other month at this point? And I think what they need to do is they start... I think they should really attach uh, lore to those events, right? If they can. I mean, we're kind of stuck with... Right now, they have the Summer Games, which is flexible. But then you have, you know, the Halloween Terror. And then you have the Winter Wonderland... Uh, but then after that, like, well, what we had, we had the, well, we had Chinese, well, not Chinese, year, what it was called, Year of the Dragon, or Year of the Rooster, sorry, whatever, it'll yep, be Year of the whatever, this year, Lunar New Year, and um, after that, we're probably talking, then we had that gap, right, where last year we had, what was it called, what was the event called? Um, Oh, my God, I can't remember the name of the event. Wait, last year? Last year, after Lunar New Year, it was the one where you had the the horde mode. Oh wow! Why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, you're talking about uh, now. It wasn't. Was it after Year of the Rooster? You're talking was, about the Omnic. Yeah, you were Reinhardt. You were Tracer. You were Torbjorn. You were Mercy. 
Yes, I'm trying to think uh, of the, the actual name of the year. It's it was called Uprising. Uprising, Uprising that's it. So you have Uprising, which they can definitely do more lore there. But I think every event they should attach some type of lore. They should attach some type of lore event to it, right? Yeah, I dude, I would love that. I loved Uprising. Uprising was awesome. Out of all the events, I played Uprising the most. Like in terms of the extra game they add, I, I used I played Uprising the most. Second only to snowball fight with May. I love the one shot snowball fight. Right, well, I'll agree with Uprising. The snowball fight was dog shit. Yeah. Well, it was you, horrible. What you said the snowball fight? Yeah, dude. Why? The May you, snowball you, fight because you couldn't get any kills, Bob. <laughs> okay, you guess the the listeners can't see that, but like the yeah. whole like ultimate and the like machine gun snowballs was funny the first time I played it, but it was not re it was not replayable for me. But the up the uprising of the event was awesome. Like to try it with different characters too. Like I hope to God Junkenstein has a mode where we can play different characters if they put it back in. Because Junkenstein's I... Revenge. Oh, and I'm also excited because I'm actually good with a lot of the characters that are in Junkenstein's Revenge You know, this time around. I was not before. Like, I didn't play Soldier at all. I didn't play... I still don't play McCree, but I didn't play Hanzo at all. I didn't play Anna at all. I'm well, excited I, about that. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, while I did like Junkenstein's Revenge, I'd much rather have another Uprising-style event. It would have been awesome if they would have had an event for like when Doomfist came out with Doom like getting like releasing Doomfist from prison, like another style event like that where you're you're really characters. Really cool. We talked about that for sure, and that would have been amazing. Yeah, so I don't know. I uh, they just need to do more with the lore. I think if they want to keep people involved, so we'll see. Let's move on. We're gonna like I said, we we're gonna talk a little bit about Overwatch League. you know, this, we're finally starting to see, well, I shouldn't say starting to see, well, yeah, I guess that is the word when you're starting to see uh, some of these, the teams actually come up. Like, we've been seeing rosters and stuff like that, but Shanghai Dragons has the actual first named team in the Overwatch League. And more importantly than the, the, the team getting named, right, is the fact that, oh, so you guys are confirming team skins for characters? Because May was definitely wearing a Shanghai Dragons team skin. So it's only a matter of time uh, before those come out. And I'm just curious, how one, how are they going to deliver that, right? Is it going to be something in the game that you can get in the loot box? Is it going to be an event? More than likely, I think this is going to be... Yeah, I think it's going to be purchased. I think it's going to be purchased... Uh, this is going to be their first paid DLC, I think, for Overwatch. Like... They're not going to call it DLC. They're going to call it some type of pack or something like that. But it's essentially paid DLC. Not that I have a problem with it. I actually don't have a problem with DLC as long as it's implemented properly. Like that Horizon Zero Dawn DLC that's coming out in November, I am all on top of that shit. There will be no Overwatch played until that shit is complete. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be their first. This is going to be their first uh paid dlc i'm curious to see if they're gonna do it that way but because it would make sense other games do it like gears of war for the professional teams that play gears of war you can buy specific packs in gears of war for those teams and get the team skins you can also get team skins for counter-strike i'm pretty sure too even though i'm not exactly sure how that works i've never i've never even looked to see how to buy those team skins with gears of war it just pops up on the screen and they throw it in your face 
But so, yeah, we are seeing some movement on Overwatch League, Shanghai Dragons, and I, I imagine soon the other teams will follow suit because Overwatch League is supposed to start Q4. So the other teams are going to follow suit soon and give the names. Uh, the the San Francisco team, they did push out a video that I felt was a little cringeworthy when they started playing California Love. I'm like, please stop. Stop. <laughs> you just hate West Coast rap. What the heck? What are you talking about? I hate West Coast rap. What else have I said, Bob, every to tell you that I, I hate West Coast rap? Every time I talk Tupac and say he's the best rapper that ever lived, you're like, we're going to have to talk about that, Bob. We are going to have to talk about that. I because assume you're an East Coast, you know. <laughs> East Coast rap style, but uh, Tupac, California Love, I thought it was great. It was great, 100%, but <laughs> using it in your video for your, your, uh, your, your video for your San Francisco team in Overwatch, no, <laughs> like, I just, I'm just not feeling so, it. So, with it being San Francisco, would you, you prefer the Dancing Queen? No, if they were going to use hip hop in San Francisco, why don't you use some local artists there? There's, well, I, like, I don't know, maybe some E40. Maybe they don't know their audience as well as they thought they did. You E40, try, they want, wow, I haven't heard they, that a lot. They time. want, uh, they, E40 was good. These teams are supposed to be localized, right? <laughs> There's tons, I mean, like, you know, Northern California rap, like out of Oakland and, you know, that area, out of the Bay Area, like Bay Area rap is a thing. It has a very specific style to it, you know? Why not use that? Why not use the king? Yeah, but they want to use California Love instead. That's not localizing your team. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I, so. yeah. I I don't know. I thought the video was cool. I was cracking up. I'm pretty sure all the stars that were on it, I'm pretty sure they're investors in the team. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, like you had Shaq, you had uh, Beast Mode. Marshawn Lynch from Seattle Seahawks. Or well, you mean, you mean Oakland Seahawks. Raiders? <laughs> yeah, Marshawn used, Lynch? Yeah, used to be Seattle Seahawks. Uh, used to be, yeah. He's not really much anymore. He's definitely not beast mode. But uh, Football is a team game. I <laughs> uh, still need beasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Football is a team game. But uh, <sighs> yeah, so uh, other teams are going to follow suit soon. But that's not what we actually want to talk about here. We're going to start off with this forum post that we're going to have in our show notes. It was called Forced Esports. And the forum poster, I don't know. I don't know what he had. A, he has a ship on his shoulder, but he says, why are we still trying to pretend that in the long run, the Owl League will keep its traction? Unlike this game, games like TF2, CS, and literally any fighter you could pick out of a had have mostly, if not completely, been player invested. So why are people like Kodak funneling uh, Bobby Kodak funneling billions of dollars into a league with ear scraping presenters? We talked about that, Bob. But me and Bob don't think that the the uh, casters are ear scraping. Yeah, and apparently a hard job. If you think you can do better, like do it yourself. (laughs) And have no apparent signs for future sustainment, self sustainment. It's very difficult to appeal to literally anyone by not only trying to make this game available to anyone to play, but also maintain a competent esports scene. I don't know. It reeks of corporate. Uh, So that's that kind of got my attention because I'm going to start off like this. Mm. I I think I've said it, you know, before and Bob knows and most of you guys know, but I'm um, I'm not interested. I'm not very I'm not looking forward to Overwatch League myself. 
Uh, I don't I don't find competitive Overwatch fun to watch. And it's not like I don't watch esports. I watch tons of esports. I go to fighting game events all the time. I watch Counter-Strike still. I watch StarCraft still. I watch a couple other games on a regular basis. But for some reason, like when it comes to Overwatch, I'm not going to watch Overwatch. If I have time to watch Overwatch, I'm going to be playing Overwatch. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of what uh, how I feel about it. So I'm not necessarily very... Uh, I'm not, I'm not really, it's just not fun for me to watch. And it might also have something to do with the way that it's presented. And that's something we've covered many times on, on, on the show. Um, so I kind of, I know where this guy's coming from. I I can kind of agree with him. Overwatch league lives and dies not by the hardcore fans, but mainly by its casuals. You know, the reason why Overwatch League has gotten the traction that it did is because they have 30 million registered players. And you put that number up there, and like, this is, they're expecting for these people to watch this. And in the long run, I don't think Overwatch League is, uh, is going to last. Um, especially because casual watchers, generally speaking, are pretty finicky, right? They they move back and forth. That and let being... me stop you there real quick, though, Ja. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I want to point out to everybody that Ja does not want it to fail. This is just what Ja thinks is going to happen. Yeah, so that's actually I was about, I was just getting ready to get into that. I don't want Overwatch League to fail. I just I don't think that Overwatch League is going to last as long as blizzard and activision thinks it is like blizzard and activision are treating this like this is the next nba and nfl mlb and i don't think that is the case i don't think that's going to happen there's a reason why esports teams have developed the way they did right like you know if you look at league of legends or not just league but almost any other uh, competitive game the professional teams they're comprised of are teams that have multiple teams inside of them like you know if you team liquid team liquid for example have players who play starcraft and have players who play team fortress they have players who play counter-strike and t esports developed like that for a reason and that's because these games the popularity of these games don't stay high right they move about <laughs> you know that, and that's what happens. So that's how the esports team survive. Now, the reason, like I said, I don't want Overwatch League to fail. But the thing is, Overwatch League can't fail at this point. And it's not. I'm not saying it can't fail. Like there's no way it's gonna fail. I'm saying it can't fail in in a way that if it does fail, that's bad news for everybody. I want Overwatch League to succeed. I would love to be wrong. <laughs> I would. I would love to be wrong. But specifically, Overwatch League needs to work right now. Overwatch League needs to work within when it launches. Overwatch League needs to work within the next few years. Like it needs to, it it can't flop. Like we can't really have it flop. Um, and the reason why we can't have it flop is because if Overwatch League does flop or or it fails, this is gonna set esports back like ten years. It really is because if it fails nobody is going to want to touch esports because Overwatch League is all over the place. They're making a lot of noise. They're in the news. They're on ESPN. They're in newspapers. Uh, I was walk. I was in my, uh, at my job. I was walking uh, through my office and there was a newspaper on the table and I looked and it had Overwatch League on the newspaper front page, you know, and um, that like, it's making so much noise right now that if it fails, it's going to make double the amount of noise. 
and nobody's going to want to touch it, right? Like, imagine, yes. yeah, imagine if what League of Legends did would have failed, right? So, League of Legends, it was no mistake that League of Legends was is the biggest. I'm pretty sure it still is the biggest esport at this point. It is, uh, yeah. And the reason that they they became the largest esport because Riot convinced their investors to say, "Hey, double down on this competitive scene. Give us the money to have huge prize pools, and so we could make a big spectacle out of this." And you know, Staples Center. That was their whole meeting. I was there, by the way, Staples Center. <laughs> but um, nice, that's a lot, nice. obviously. Yeah. So with with that, they were able to. You know, with the investors going along with that, which, by the way, nobody had done that at that point, and it's succeeding, that is how we have Blizzard getting involved in stuff like Overwatch League now, or putting money into StarCraft the way they did, how Valve got deeply invested in Counter-Strike, how um, Valve also got deeply invested in Dota 2. It's all because of League of Legends pumping money into their competitive scene and making it work. Now, imagine if that would have failed. If that would have failed, we wouldn't be talking about Overwatch League right now. Competitive StarCraft would have stayed in Korea. You know, Counter-Strike would uh, actually be honest with you, Counter-Strike would be uh, I'm not going to say it would be on its deathbed, but it definitely would not be doing that well right now. Counter-Strike, when Valve put start putting money back into Counter-Strike, that's when Counter-Strike came back to life, to be honest with you. Uh, but the, yeah, like we, we would definitely, esports would be a totally different thing right now if League of Legends wouldn't have succeeded. And it's the, kind of the same thing that you're muted, Bob. It's kind of the same thing if Overwatch League fails. If Overwatch League fails, we're going to, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be great. It's gonna it's gonna look bad, and we're gonna. Uh, I think we're gonna spend like the next five to ten years recovering from the Overwatch League failure in terms of investments, right? Because right. if you wanted to, if you want really wanted to thrive, right? I hate to say it. Like, hey, I well, love, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Let me do my counter argument because you said a lot, but let me try and let me try and concise my. Just my thoughts on it before you go into that. Okay. If, all right. So you talked about how it can't it can't fail. I do agree with that. And the reason it can't fail is because of what you mentioned prior, the corporate sleaze. Or what did you say? Corporate what? Corporate what the guy said on the 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 post. It sounded like corporate something. Oh yeah, hold on. That's he says it sounds like corporate oh, reeks of corporate that's what he said reeks of corporate thank fucking god that's what east that's what esports needs esports has been a i like this and i happen to have a lot of money so i'm gonna in i'm gonna invest in it so that's why east that's why esports has been small generally in the broad scale of things, you're comparing the NFL to e to esports. But what we need is people that don't care about gaming to invest in esports. That's what we need. We need people that want to make money investing in esports. We don't. We don't need someone who cares about it in 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 investing in it. If you want it to be a niche thing, well. I don't, I'd really like, I didn't care about ease, like about esports until Overwatch. And now that Overwatch is going to bring it into the, the mass market, 
that's a good thing. And we want people that don't play the, the, the game to watch it because that's, what's going to make it pop. What's going to make it pop. Yeah. Can't talk right now, but that's, what's going to make it popular and make it good. We don't, we don't care that they don't like it or they're not into it or they don't have street cred. We just care about their money. We want them to invest that money and make these spectacle bigger and more exciting. And so that's where I'm excited about this. And I think this is a good, a good thing. But if this fails, those people that don't care about gaming, don't care about ease, about eSports, those people are gone. And they're gone for a long time. So that's where I agree with you that they cannot fail. They have to succeed at least a little bit and make a little bit of profit or no one else that doesn't care about gaming is going to look at gaming at all. They're going to go right back to what makes money. Oh yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to have a counter argument. That's what she said. There is no counter argument. No, no, no. I just yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> I I I just wanted to I just wanted to put in place why I agreed with you before you went on to your next uh your next piece. Yeah, like the there like, I I thought you were going to Yeah, yeah, that that that's fine. I told you yeah, we we're both on the same page there. Um, and I think a lot of people think that just because there's money being like poured into this, that it, it, you know that's why it won't fail. Like they won't allow it to fail, but that's not necessarily how it's going to work. Invest like money gets poured into investments all the time, and those investments still don't work, right? So I mean, if you uh, I imagine if actually that's not a great example. I was going to say imagine if Paladins poured the same amount of money that Overwatch was pouring into their league right now. Um, they would definitely pull some players to play it, but if... It's still a dorky, weird game. Yeah, like, it's still, like, the game itself still wouldn't be as uh, as popular. Like, it, it, it would be a bad investment because the player base isn't there to kind of watch it. The reason why Overwatch League has a chance to succeed here is because of the amount of people who are at least registered to play Overwatch. There's a lot of noise being uh, made around Overwatch right now, and um, and Blizzard makes polished, polished products. You know, Blizzard arguably started esports with with the with the original StarCraft. So, uh, yeah, well. So I would say StarCraft is the it will be like the biggest. I would say it would definitely be the biggest of the group, but there were other games that people played. I mean, people were playing Quake 3 Arena, uh people were playing Counter-Strike, people were playing like, you yeah, know, I yeah, I know Quake, but I'm just talking the first game to sell out an auditorium somewhere in the world was StarCraft in Korea. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that StarCraft was more polished than Quake. It just means that's those no, type no, of games no. that they like to play. Yeah, I didn't say that. Well, StarCraft was more polished than Quake, but it probably <laughs> it probably was because of bandwidth problems. But Quake was 
I mean, Quake was in the fifty six k days, man. Like, unless you were playing land, it was pretty much dog shit. In but that's what you would play at a competition. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you were playing at competition. Cared about yeah. that because that wasn't how they played. That they 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 played where the campers won every time because they had more chance to shoot the person coming around the corner. So it was Who just a big game Quake? of camping. Who yeah. were you playing if with, you, Bob? If, Who hurt you? If you were on 56K, if you were camp, you didn't win. <laughs> Who hurt you, Bob? That they were you. So you were playing against campers and Quake, and you were unable to kill them. On 56K, yeah, no, you can't, dude. I was so, killing people and playing 56K in Unreal. Like you could definitely play 56K on Quake, like. The amount of information I needed to go back and forth, yes, it was 56K, but at the same time, it wasn't as tremendous as the amount of information that was happening uh, being transferred in the 2000s or 2005 or like now. Like it's like 50, it wasn't a death kill. It wasn't a death kill. Depending on how many people that you're playing in the server, if you're playing in a server with 20 people and Quake, okay, that's a different story. You know, I, I can see how you can have problems there, but if you're playing like, you know, 1v1 specifically, because that's what. You play. That's how you play Quake competitively one v one. Oh yeah, um, no, I never played Quake one v one. Yeah, like that. Like okay, so maybe that's 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 where we're we're looking at the difference here. Because like if you play Quake one v one or even four v four, I never ran into and, issues. And Quake two in its heyday. I mean, I was seventeen, so you must have been thirteen. Yeah, probably yeah, around that time. So yeah. But that's the thing, like, yeah, like, in terms of game polish, I definitely, StarCraft definitely wasn't the, uh, don't get me wrong, StarCraft's an amazing game, but uh, you go back and play the, actually, I have my discs up up here, uh, up, up above me, like, you go back and play the original, not the remake one that they just came out with, you start to see some of the cracks a little bit, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I guess I don't want Overwatch League to fail, I want it to succeed, but... I, th- I actually, I do think it's definitely going to be. I do think it'll launch well, to be honest with you. But I just don't think it'll sustain as long as Blizzard hopes it does. Yeah, well, then I think we disagree on that. I think it. I think they have the right business partners involved in it, and I think it's. I think it's going to be good. I mean, I hate the Patriots. But Robert Kraft is a brilliant businessman, and he is heading this endeavor, and he doesn't fail a lot. He's not like, oh, I almost went political, but I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I stopped myself. The, the, thing, the thing about it, right, the, the problem that esports is getting ready to have, or that Overwatch League specifically is going to have, is that when you talk traditional sports, a hockey player, and most of the time, if you if you have a hockey player, right, and then they get offered more money from a football team, they're not just going to go play football just because they are offered more money. They don't know how to play football, so therefore they're not going to do it. Wait, wait, well, hold on. You got to pay attention. Stop paying attention to the chat, Bob. So, yeah, yeah. But what, <laughs> I, I heard the whole thing except for what you said they did and then weren't going to go to football because they got offered more. So, okay. With traditional sports, let's, let's let's make it simpler. You have a basketball player. Uh, he gets an offer from the National Football League. Let's just imagine he gets an offer uh, from the National Football League to come play football for more money. That he basketball player. It. Huh? He, he does it. 
You think he doesn't, even though he can't play football? I mean, it. Uh, well, it's. I mean, it's. It's completely proven. You know how many tight ends in the NFL were were uh, NCAA basketball players. I'm like, talking about NBA players. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about going from like college hoops. To uh, you're talking hoops. about like yeah, because LeBron James could have been the best tight end in football history, but he didn't because he could play in the NBA. Okay, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, yes, gotcha. thank you. So I'm talking about how many go from going from the NBA to the NFL. Not going to happen, even if they get offered more money. However, when it comes to esports, that can happen because these esports players play multiple games. You have people who play Counter Strike now playing Overwatch. You have people who play Heroes of New Earth, go over to League of Legends, uh, and, and vice versa. It moves around, right? You have Quake players who play Overwatch, Overwatch players who are going to go back and play Quake. What's going to happen is that if a league pops up and they offer these players more money, those players not. It's not like those players are going from team to team, like team from team to team inside the league. They're actually switching to a totally different game, which can actually affect the quality of the product that Overwatch League is trying to deliver, that they can actually lose players to an entirely different game or entirely different league altogether if that league can produce more money than the Overwatch League is looking to uh, spend on them, which is not unheard of. It's definitely... It's not that is it's not even like outside the box either, especially when these players are like, let's say on the high end. So far, we're talking about one hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? That's the, one, that's the one we've heard of. I yeah. I have to believe that Siegel was paid more. Like going to Envious, my my soon to be team. Yeah, uh, I have to believe he was paid more. I have to. Possibly, but yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't disclosed, so I don't know. Yeah, but let's say you have some. Uh, you have somebody who makes a game, and okay, for example, right? Vivendi is really, really looking to buy Ubisoft, right? They're, well, not buy Ubisoft, but Vivendi is looking to uh, get the controlling stake in Ubisoft. They're gonna definitely want to get involved in esports. So let's say they have one of the developers work on this esports title or this competitive title, and then like, okay, if we want to make this big. We need to put tons of money into it, and now they're offering players instead of $150,000, let's just use that as a base. They're going to say, well, $500,000. Or, or let's say let's say the, the, the lowest salary, $50,000 for Overwatch League. Okay, the lowest salary you could possibly have in our imaginary game where we're talking about now, $200K. And they will pull players away from Overwatch League or away from Overwatch into their game. That's exactly what happened to Heroes of New Earth, by the way. But... But you're forgetting Overwatch Contenders and Overwatch Open Division. This is something that Blizzard has already thought of. They have a minor league and a semi-minor league with players ready to move up, transitioning right into it. So, I mean, they are they are positioning themselves in a better way in a better way than other games have prior. So they have thought about this. So I think they have thought about what you're specifically talking about right now. Cause there'll well, be people waiting to jump up. There'll be people from Wawa's bootcamp waiting to jump up. I mean, there's a lot of people waiting to jump in. Okay. Well, let's imagine in our imaginary scenario that a bunch of, uh, that LeBron James and a bunch of other high profile players from the NBA, a lot of them 
move over to the NFL. And now was the NBA going to start pulling people from the CBA? Like it's still not going to be the same. The quality of play isn't going to be the same. Hey man, the MLB took women when men were at war. There's a movie about that. Yes, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. And it was successful. And how many women are playing baseball right now? I know, I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you you have enough viewers, you can make that shit work. Yeah, but what's going to happen? Like, first of all, they're going for the big players right now because they know the big players are going to bring in people. When those mm-hmm. big players move to other games, well, I'm not saying when, but if they were to move to other games, that kind of defeats the purpose at that point. Overwatch League may have lower level leagues that they can move people up, but if they, if those people, if I'm watching somebody who's making the same mistakes that I'm making when I play Overwatch in my underwear, that's an issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but who says these other leagues, like, don't get me wrong, if Overwatch League succeeds, you best believe the next time somebody tries to do this, they're going to copy the formula and improve on it in places they can. So that place is going to have these lower leagues that can probably, um, like these lower leagues that they that can probably, uh, they'll probably have, like, well, feed the higher league. And the biggest thing that they are doing is regional. I mean, unbelievably smart and savvy because i will tell you i didn't make it to i made it to pre-show for about 15 20 minutes last uh, last night first time i've ever missed pre-show but pre-shows are on mondays and the kansas city chiefs played monday night so i gave you it's a little like i gave you half time and then just a little time into the game and then i had to go because the chiefs were on and that's all that fucking matters so once I have a team, and I'm pretty sure my team's gonna be in, gonna be in Texas, is gonna be envious. I will never miss a match. Period. I will miss plenty of other matches. I'll catch them on, uh, I'll catch them on clips. I'll catch you know, you know, Sports Center, the equivalent for the Overwatch League, maybe Overwatch League Network. But I'm not. I mean, I'm gonna be watching the game. Because it's my fucking team. And if a player leaves the DM team, I'll still think fondly of them. But they'll be gone to me. Like Tony Gun got uh Tony Gonzalez played for the Chiefs. Favorite player my entire like most of like most of my life. Went to the Atlanta Falcons. I kinda liked him. I picked him up for my fantasy my fantasy team, but I was pretty much done with him at that point. So that's where they're really smart is making it regional. Everything you just talked about is what can be expected from hardcore uh, fans, which that will make you a hardcore fan. The vast majority of the base and most of the people that you're going to admit that Overwatch League or these leagues make their money off of aren't hardcore. Not. Well, I mean, I guess I come from Kansas City, which is full of pretty, I mean, I've sold out the stadium for the last 40 years, even when we've been bad. So, I mean, I guess... I guess I come from a different spot where, like, the being a fan of the team is really important. So, yeah, like, okay, let's let's think about uh, the largest franchises in some of these leagues, like football and basketball. Dallas Cowboys. How many Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys. fans do you think are actually hardcore? The ones that live in Texas, but they're. 
the, the Cowboys have more fans across the globe than they do actually have in Dallas, Texas. You yeah. know, they do. Yeah, I I would agree with that in the past when they were America's team, but they're really they've really kind of lost that. They still I mean, do. They just don't say anything because they're not winning. <laughs> That's why Cowboys yeah. fans come out of every crevice when the Cowboys are doing good. Okay. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, as far as America's team starting out, I think Envious is going to take that, that, that spot to, to, be, to begin with. And the reason the Cowboys got that name is because they were one of the biggest, most premier teams when the, when the league started. And they had the best players. And then they've had their faults over time, but they had that that fandom that they built initially. Yeah, because they were uh, the thing about the Cowboys, and a lot of people are like, "Why are we talking about real sports?" It matters when we're talking about Overwatch League. Okay, the thing about the Cowboys is that they won yes, at very at very key times in sports. Right, they won at very key times, like when the when people were like watching the NFL and like viewership was peaking. They did that like twice, and that's why yeah. their viewership so big. And look at the Patriots; it's kind same of like the same the thing. Packers too. Yes, they won at key times. Not everybody yeah. who wins the Super Bowl or two gets those fandoms, but those teams do. And the the point isn't that some teams are going to have you know casual fandoms or bandwagon riders or whatever you want to call them. The point is, is that's who you make your money off of. That's why like the games industry. It's all the, about the Benjamins, man. When the games industry was primarily concerned about hardcore gamers, we got some amazing games, phenomenal games, but the money that they're making now versus then is not even, it's no comparison because now that they're like, you know, their Call of Duty taught them you cater to the casuals. You cater to the low end. You know, you can't, you make it so that you, you make the games accessible. And that's the people who are that are making the most money in games. And it's going to be, it's kind of, it's the same thing in almost everything else. Go ahead. But that's what I was talking about earlier. We need the people that don't play games to watch. Like the NFL, like there's, I would say probably. What would you say? Ninety percent of the viewers on any given Sunday do not play football actively, even in like a, like a recreational. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rec yeah. Like, You're 100 I mean, right. that's what we need. We need, and this game is actually exciting enough. If they can get the spec, the spectating right, it is exciting enough to where you don't have to play the game. To really enjoy it. I cannot say that about League of Legends. Like, I mean, I cannot say that. It's a whole bunch of little sprites walking around on a 2D freaking model. Like, it's not exciting. Well, first but of all, that's, Overwatch could be exciting. That's super subjective. Um, so like, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, but it is super subjective. To, I'm, to, talking, to say something like I'm that. trying to see from the eyes of somebody who doesn't play a game. That's what I'm trying to see. And... I've watched a lot of eSports, and I would definitely say I didn't play League of Legends and I didn't play CSGO, but CSGO was more exciting to watch because I could see the skill in it. Yes. Does that can. make sense? That, that, and that's actually a, a conversation I don't, think, I don't think me and you had it on this show, but I've had it before, people, is that the biggest problem that eSports is going to have to overcome 
is the fact that it's complex. A lot of these games that a lot, a lot of games that are esports are played are very complex. But then you have certain games like let's say shooters like Counter Strike, where even if you don't play Counter Strike, you understand that guy just got shot in the face. He this guy turned around, did a one eighty, shot two bullets, and killed this guy, and that takes skill. Like you can understand that with fighting games, you can kind of like when you're watching and play the fighting games, yeah. you can understand what's happening on the screen. But when you play League of Legends or if you play StarCraft, for example. Uh, you don't necessarily you don't you kind of have to understand what's happening in the game to appreciate what's happening now overwatch to a degree i would say has that middle it's kind of in the middle because for the most part you're just watching this big dude with a rectangular shield moving up with this thing you know with the payload you know but to to fully understand or to actually appreciate what's happening to see something skilled like you know if somebody who hasn't watched overwatch before or haven't played overwatch before sees genji pop his alt you know slash around a few times and kill everybody they're gonna be like okay like that's not necessarily exciting but like if you were somebody who actually watched overwatch or played overwatch and you he popped it at an opportune time at like the perfect time and he did it or, or reinhardt did an earth shatter at the perfect time that's important and you brought up and an excellent point that that I've, I've been talking about, that that's one of the issues esports and Overwatch is going to have to overcome. And I think that's where people have the right to say they want really good casters, but the argument we heard was ear screeching. Like, yes. do, you not like their, do you not like their voice? Yeah. I mean, like what I need to hear from casters is – quick evaluation of what happened so that I can understand it. And then what I need in between matches is I need the same thing I watch when I watch a half, a halftime show of football. I need them to draw on this, on the, on the screen, show me different like things that could have been done. Show me why they did this, why they did that. That's what I need from them. And they've been getting better at that. So I mean, it's new. So, I mean, like the NFL has, what, 50 years of experience experience doing it? I mean, give them some time, guys. So, now, this this conversation is actually going a bit deeper than I expected. So, that's good because it's like the only thing we had. But but, uh, let's take a look. I know you don't watch fighting games on a regular basis. But I did grow up playing them. You did grow up playing them. But I watching Evo. The past two years uh, has I, I've kind of it kind of alerted me to something that most of these people you need you're gonna need these games to be on t- television right that's that's basically what you want people to be able to watch it on television so that when it's at you're at a bar or whatever somebody just pops it on and you have what you're talking about on the TV so people can understand it. With the past two Evos, Street Fighter has been aired on ESPN both times. So there's two ways to watch it. You can watch it on ESPN, or you can watch it live on Twitch. Two, in my opinion, two totally different experiences. Because if you watched it on Twitch, during the match, you have the comment, the FGC commentators who have been doing this for years at this point, decades, if not. If not but 
doing this for years. So they're giving the, the quick, um, they're giving the commentary in the match. Uh, they're giving the quick scenarios like, oh, he should have did this instead of that. Oh, this, uh, this is about to happen. They're basically pulling what Tony Romo is doing now in football uh, in, in, in their commentary. Then after the match, they talk about what just happened, who, why the person lost, what they could have did to avoid that. Then they go and start talking about the next match and start talking about these two people, their history together, and what they think is going to happen. That's what happens on Twitch. ESPN, not so much. You kind of get that. You get commentary during the match, uh, which was a little watered down, it felt like. And you get a little commentary after the match. But what they focused on primarily on ESPN, human interest pieces, like they do in the Olympics. That's what they were doing. And that's what I'm afraid that they're going to do with Overwatch League 2. I don't care about human interest pieces. I want you to tell me the technical details about this match. You know, I want the play-by-play. What happened? Like you said, why did it happen? What they could have done better? That's what I want to see. But on TV, they weren't doing that. On Twitch, they were. Yeah, and that, that's a definite problem because on TV, that's where you need to be doing that. Yeah. Twitch, I mean, Twitch, yeah, the people that watch Twitch need to see that because that's what they're, that's, that's what they're uh, accustomed to. But the people on TV, they need to understand what the fuck's going on. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's kind of that's what I'm I'm a bit worried about. Well, and, they're just gonna change. They're just gonna change the channel. Yeah. So the that's the thing. If you can't really understand it, like, and actually, we we just got you know, gave us just mentioned in uh, in chat. He says technical details will come when the audience has a relationship with the players. These two go hand in hand, and, and I mean to a degree. I, I kind of agree that you they do they do the human interest pieces because they want people to kind of care about the people that uh that that they see on the screen. But once the match actually starts going, if they can't follow it, you know, and it's actually gonna be harder to follow Overwatch than it is fighting games. With fighting games, you only have you have two people on the screen at one time. You have um you know, and their 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 faces are on the screen behind their characters almost to a degree. So you know who's who. With Overwatch, you have twelve people I need to be tracked, and the spectating system for Overwatch, you know, the the for is not good. It's not good for television or for for casting or anything like that. I, I almost feel like Overwatch should have been five v five. Why? Because it would have taken two people out of the mix, and it would have it would have led to like one tank or one heal, which I think everybody just wants to do anyhow. I don't, okay, that's a different conversation. Let's just uh, okay strike strike that from the record. We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> yeah, but I will. Like I said like I, this is like I said, this is kind of went wound around a bit more than I wanted it to, but it's fine. But you know, we're going to go ahead and move on to weekly updates. But I, I, I just want to reiterate that I don't think Overwatch League will fail. I should say that I don't think it will fail. Uh, well, actually, for launch, I don't think it will fail. I think it will launch fine. I just don't think it has longevity. That's all. I just don't think it, Overwatch League has longevity. But I definitely do not want it to fail, <laughs> You know, especially at launch. Like It will be bad for all of us if it did and for the future yeah. of gaming and esports. What's up? Can we take a moment to make a prayer to Papa Jeffy Cap Cap? 
you can go ahead and do what you could. No, I'm kidding. Do what you want, Bob. Let's just let's let's just hope. Let's just hope, man. You and this hope, hope, hope matters, Ja. Yeah, matters. Okay, Bob. I believe Overwatch League is going to be a success, and we're going to make it happen. You are going to make it happen. You and you and you and you. Uh, Totem's going to make it happen with Overwatch League Network. Totem and yep. Slambo. Over, the Overwatch League net, Network is where you need to go to find out what's going on. Yep. So, all right, let's go ahead and move into weekly updates so we can wrap up this show. Weekly updates. All right, so we only have two weeks of this. One of the reasons why I was so liberal with the time on our two topics tonight is because we only have those two topics, and the weekly updates are very sparse. First of all, uh, was that Halloween Terror is coming back October 10th. So that's like an early birthday present for me. October, yeah, my, my birthday's on the 11th. But, oh, uh, sweet. Yeah, so I'll get, I'll, uh, I probably won't even want to get a chance to play Halloween Terror because we will, we will be podcasting on the 10th, but on the 11th I'll finally get a chance to play it. Uh, the only the only new stuff we saw was it looks like there's a new Reaper skin and there's a new McCree skin. Uh, Maybe. Well, yeah, but like there wasn't a new, was there a McCree skin last year for Halloween? I don't think so. I don't remember there being a McCree skin uh, for Halloween last year. There was a Reaper skin with so. the pumpkin head. Oh yeah, I just re-equipped it. I'm excited. Yeah, but this this Reaper skin it has like a uh like a <laughs> it actually has a Jason mask. So I just want to bring something. Up. I don't want to blow up anybody's spot, so I'm not going to mention any names. But I definitely saw a popular person on Twitter call Reaper's outfit a vampire mask. I really want this person to watch Friday the Thirteenth. I would really enjoy it. I would really appreciate it if they could watch Friday the 13th. You know, watch a couple other classic horror movies and see where this stuff is coming from. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I saw that, and then it looks like the McCree has some type of new skin. But other than that, they really didn't show much. I mean, the entire clip was like, was it even 10 seconds? I don't I don't think so. It was super fast. Yeah, seven. <laughs> seven or eight. Yeah, so it's that. that's what it is. Uh, also, in weekly updates, there was a top 500 player who was a top 500 player on the Xbox, he got a PC and made top 500 on PC with his controller only. only I still don't controller. believe it unless he documented the whole thing video-wise. I don't believe it. It's not that. like Bob finds it completely unbelievable because Bob sucks with a controller. Um, it's yeah, not dude. that difficult. Okay, a 4K on player on the, on, the on the Xbox, this is a commonly believed thing is a 3k player on pc that's believe doesn't mean like it's not impossible there's nothing limiting this guy from actually doing it's not this. impossible i'm just saying like i don't you can tell me all you want bro screenshot or it didn't happen yeah well bob's not a believer but i mean i think it's cool if he actually managed to do that I it think it's cool it, if he did. It'll be very impressive since there is no type of like aim assist or anything like that on PC when you put a controller in. So, and you said he played DPS and and stuff too, which through like oh no, you said he played support. He played support and flex, so whatever, like whatever he flexed, you know, that was mostly support. I mean, over mechanically, compared to especially other like 
other first person shooters, Overwatch isn't super uh, reliant on the on you know your mechanics, like the mouse and keyboard mechanic. Like it's not necessarily it's not unless so, like, you're DPS. Unless you're like yeah, maybe DPS. Like it's it's a little different, but like it's t- I can I can see tons of paths for this person to do this if they can conceptually play the game well. I can I can see them doing it. It's not necessarily impossible. So I don't know. I I I just wish he would have video documented it because it would have made a lot more. I don't. Here's the deal. I don't think he has any reason to lie about it. He made top 500 regardless, regardless. So whether he, if he's just making top 500, if he he's an Xbox player who moved to PC and still made top 500, that by itself is is compliment worthy. Okay. That buys us comment worthy. That's, why lie about that's the, the controller? Same thing that DSP Stanky did. Why why lie about the controller? Like, there's no reason for him to lie about it. Just because he's a console lover, I don't. I have no idea. It's just it's just it's hard to believe without seeing proof. That that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and this is coming from the guy that just played the free weekend on Xbox. Is like, wow, I'm really good at this game really dog shit with this controller that's because I, I play controller games like i'm just saying like, you don't play like, controller shooters like, though that's the thing no i mean but i was really good in freaking halo too so dude that was like 10 that was over 10 years ago i know i know oh <laughs> uh, but yeah that like it's it was a super slow week in overwatch and i gotta be honest with you i'm actually i'm not too surprised that we we're still able to fill up over 90 minutes of talking oh about these two of us it's gonna be a short episode yeah i was wrong about that of course uh but yeah we're gonna go ahead and we are going to wrap up the show a couple things i want to bring up i just gotta pull it up quickly uh so we actually uh, so we we brought on another team member timeless soul if you you might have seen him in the discord we are bringing him on as a team member and he's going to basically be our community manager for Watchpoint Radio handle on our social media stuff and a couple of other things for us. And so when you're going to see the Watchpoint Radio Twitter be a bit more active, hopefully, in a good way. And Timeless is actually going to be uh, kicking things off. He's going to be doing a showcase, a community showcase. Uh, and I'll just read what he says in Discord. It says, hey, Watchpoint Radio, uh, Watchpoint Community, Timeless here. So next week, I will be starting an ongoing showcase for our favorite heroes. What I need from you, from all of you, is that is what we all love. Our heroes in action. So next week, starting with our Shimano brothers, I will be putting your awesome highlights on display alongside some awesome fan art from the OW. It will be a nice treat. So start sending me your Genji and Hanzo play, and we will start and we will be showcasing them next week, Monday. Deadline for your submission is Saturday, 10 7 at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So go ahead and hop in the Discord or hit up uh, Timeless on Twitter. And, um, yeah, shoot, shoot them over your Genji and Hanzo play so we can go ahead and get this community showcase rolling. It'll be awesome if we can, you know, kick it off in a big way. We'd appreciate anybody who participates. Uh, additionally, I'd like to bring up that we do live stream every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash match those buttons. Uh, again, we also want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So if you have any uh, funny stories, mad stories, sad stories, definitely send them to us so we can talk about them on the show. 
And uh, please feel free to join our console communities. Ja plays console. Uh, so <laughs> join the PS4 and the Xbox One uh, communities we have. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. You can also join us on Discord, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, with that, and that's discord.me slash... Oh, so yeah, discord.me slash match those buttons. Sorry about that. I had a, had a quick moment there. And as always, I like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. It's a Facebook community that has uh, players from all different platforms that love to play Overwatch. So whether you're looking for somebody to team up with or you are just trying to check out the latest memes in Overwatch, it's all there on that Facebook group. So definitely check it out. Uh, our Thank you for listening. Our podcasts are available on multiple podcast platforms, iTunes, Apple Podcasts for iOS, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And we do have an RSS feed available for anybody who has a, like a custom podcatcher or something like that. So that is available. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash WatchPointRadio. We can, we're also on Twitter.com slash MTV site, Facebook.com slash smash those buttons and YouTube.com slash smash those buttons. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell me where they can find you? You can find me at, on Twitter at blazon underscore Bob. That's B L A Z Z I N underscore B O B. You can find me on Twitch at blazon Bob. I'm actually going to stream tomorrow night and Thursday and Thursday night. I'm just going to play uh prob- probably solo maybe duo queue. So check ch- uh check it out. Okay. And uh you can follow me at underscore jaw underscore on Twitter. So it's underscore j a underscore. Uh we definitely want you guys to reach out with any comments or questions that you have or if you have any thoughts on the show. You can reach us at WPR at com or Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, however you want to reach out to us. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, one of the best ways you can help us out is to share the show with other people. That is a huge help. You can also rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. That is a tremendous help as well. We really appreciate those reviews that you guys take the time to do. Additionally, if you wanted to uh, help out. You want to wear a piece of Watchpoint Radio, maybe drink out of a piece of Watchpoint Radio. You can go to the Watchpoint Radio or the Mashes Button store, which is a link on the website, which is mashesbuttons.com, or you can go to teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons and get yourself a Watchpoint Radio shirt, hoodie, or mug, and or mug, and, and any of those things you can get. So, uh, and everybody who's purchased them so far, that has been a tremendous help. Thank you very much. Uh, I definitely recommend you guys check out the other shows we have on Mashes Buttons. You can go to mashesbuttons.com slash shows to check out the other podcasts that we have available. So as always, uh, thank you guys for listening again, and we will catch you next week. And I'd li- also like to encourage every everybody to come to the cavalry never dies number three being held on october 7th at 6 p.m pacific standard time hosted by slambo and totally drunk it's a 2v2 team deathmatch tournament come play with us